Good morning. Today is Friday, January 21st, 2022. I'm your host, Evan George, and welcome to Bostopian News. And here's what's happening in the news today. Lydia Edwards was officially sworn in the Massachusetts State Senate yesterday. However, she decided not to do the one thing that everyone was waiting for her to do and expecting her to do, which was to resign the position that she already held as a district first representative on the Boston City Council. Quoting now from an article in WGBH by Mike Dean, a spokesperson for the now senator said Edwards has no comment on whether she will resign from the city council, but is happy to talk about it in the future. Now, according to the Boston City Charter, and I believe it might be in our state constitution as well, there is nothing that keeps someone from maintaining one office when they're elected to another. Also, I do not think there's anything that keeps you from holding two simultaneously, as we're currently seeing. Meaning that if Lydia Edwards wanted to, she could maintain this position, continue to draw a salary from the city until 2024. And I think if she wanted to really take it to the extreme, I think she could just run for office for both positions. So as a state senator, she's now earning a minimum of 70 grand a year with additional pay for the committees that she's on and leadership roles. And as a Boston City Councilor, she's drawing a salary of over $103,000. I mean, this is shocking, but as someone who has never viewed Lydia in that high of regard because of her votes on the Boston City Council and her strong lobbying of the Suffolk Downs development, this completely goes in line with my views. However, this is shocking even for me that she is maintaining these positions. Does she plan to do this indefinitely? I don't know. But the answer of no comment is, again, keeping an election from taking place and is just hysterical. No other words for it. A large public housing complex in Jamaica Plain, the Mildred Sahali Apartments, is getting a massive investment from both the city and federal funds, looking to be around $50 million in capital improvements. And the Boston Housing Authority is going to be entering into a public-private partnership, it seems, with a developer who will knock down and rebuild 253 public housing units, then add an additional 435 affordable and upper middle income apartments. Now, the quick math that I'm doing isn't necessarily adding up as the Haley Complex is cited as a 766 unit building. They plan on improving 526 of the units, but then rebuilding 253 and adding 435. So I might need someone to sit down with me and explain what we have and what we're getting, but any investments in Public housing is one I support. I'm just a little worried that this public-private partnership is going to be converting public apartments into private hands. But I could be completely misreading it because, again, the numbers are all over the place in this Boston Herald article. Tufts Medical Center is going to be permanently closing its pediatric hospital after more than a century of treating children. They will close the 41-bed pediatric hospital in, in July and convert them into treating more adult patients. 
And it's my understanding that this institution, built in 1894, which originally, according to this Globe article, started on a boat that would sail around Boston Harbor and became known as the Floating Hospital for Children and eventually found a facility and became the Tufts Children's Hospital that we all recognize from Chinatown. When asked about this change, Dr. Michael Tarniff, the chief executive of Tufts Medical Center, said, the market's changing, the demands are changing, the community needs are changing. Leading with the market's changing tells you all you really need to know about the healthcare industry. It doesn't matter if it's a nonprofit hospital or a for-profit hospital. They're all under the same market pressures. Now, they will be directing the parents who are trying to get care for their children to the Boston Children's Hospital. And this is going to affect several hundred staff, which include 140 physicians, 100 nurses. Some are likely to lose their jobs, as mentioned in this article. Others could find new positions at Tufts or Boston's children. And I'm sure, as again, directly cited, the market is making this decision. Boston is a city which is losing its children, becoming a harder place for families. And with the unique care that COVID-19 has increased amongst especially the adult population, they just simply think there's a lot more money in that. However, the idea that children no longer get sick, hence the, the market is changing, is bizarre and is very transparent for, I'm sure, this audience. With staffing in schools being devastated here in Massachusetts because of the Omicron variant, substitute teachers are in incredibly high demand. Here in Boston Public Schools, there are estimates that, on average, 90 teaching positions are going unfulfilled each day, with hundreds of classrooms being left without an educator. Now, as someone who worked in school administration for a few years, what we sometimes do, divvy up the children from one classroom, put six in this one, six in another. Sometimes that means that an administrator would have to fill the position, so there is less attention to if X, Y, and Z happens, less supervisions during communal times. And it seems like they are just continuing to lower the standards of who they are putting in these positions. Quoting now from Tom Scott, executive director of the Massachusetts Association of School Superintendents, the bar is as low as we're going to get. We are looking for any warm body who can come in who is able to muster with the local school district to substitute teach. Pass muster. So when referring to who is educating and supervising our children, learning that the bar is as low as it's going to get is not very encouraging. Though I am not putting this on any school or school district, and we are seeing increases in pay rates to try to draw more people in, which is great because being a substitute teacher is one of the toughest jobs in public education. And as many things that we've learned from this pandemic, it shows you how much we've stripped bare our public institutions, our healthcare industry, so that when something happens, we are completely unprepared. Invest in education when things are going well. That's going to do it for today. Looks like Somerville voted down a vaccine mandate two to one from their board of health. Didn't want to do a whole segment on it, but there you go. I encourage you to take a listen to the uh, most recent The Council episode I did on Frank Baker. I definitely learned some things about him. Never knew he was arrested in the mid-90s. And besides that, I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. 
And as always, have a great rest of your day.